Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson, joined of course by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And today is Discussion Topic Friday, which means we have a discussion topic coming right at you and uh, on this here day, which is Friday. Uh, so <laughs> today's discussion topic is... Um, Partially the, 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 the remains of my theological wrap-up um, that we didn't have a chance to get to on Monday, which is fine because we had a ton of other content to get to and talk about, so that was marvelous. Um, so now we have an additional show episode to, to chat about, and this gives us more opportunity to delve more deeply into this topic anyways, so, you know, that's fine. Um, this topic we want to talk about is standing firm, and... There's so much more to it than you might imagine. And we're, we're, I think we're going to take a slightly unique, well, not unique, but slightly different angle than you might expect us to on this particular topic, especially given what we've been talking about recently. This is a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a, let's dig a little deeper. Let's talk about something that's even more personal, bah, 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 all up in your grill. Oh, no. Um, and uh, a little more uh, down to earth on a lower level to you and more applicable to your, to your life. Um, so... Uh, but before we get into all of that, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. It, we never officially decided, am I doing the verse of the week or are you doing the verse of the week? Do, do you want to take the you verse of the do week? It. No. All right. Um, yeah. I'll comment. <laughs> I will comment. Okay. You, but... you can comment. That sounds good. All right. So <laughs> our verse this week is, is Philippians chapter one, verse 27. Uh, and it says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. And again, that's Philippians 1.27. So there's a lot of elements in this in this passage. Um, but I don't have to say passage. It's one verse. Yay. <laughs> a lot of elements in this verse. Um, one of the things that I'm really going to hone in on is this middle part. Um, whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So A, you're standing firm. And notice what Paul does here. Standing firm is directly linked to with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. So you standing firm. Um, Oh, by the way, the, the precursor to that is that he would hear of it. Like the results of you standing firm, standing side by side with fellow believers in Christ and having wise counsel. The result of all of that is that people far away are going to hear of your successes. People far away are going to hear of what you accomplish because together you're accomplishing so, so much more. You're standing firm, you're side by side with other believers in the faith, and you're accomplishing things that people across the world are going to know about. So, there's so, so much here. We're going to delve more deeply into that. Jake, did you want to add anything to that commentary before we got into the topic? When I see this, I, I, I saw the... I'm thinking through this a lot, but um, then uh, the part that I noticed and it reminded me of a different verse is so that whenever I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm. Um, and it reminds me of the parable of the ant in mm. proverbs yeah. where it talks about um how the ant doesn't need a master to tell them what yep. to do they work knowing their job 
without a constant reminder of what that is. They can they can continue on even yeah. though Paul may be absent. Um, Dude, so that's a really good correlation. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Standing firm even though someone's not over your head beating you with a stick, mm-hmm. saying "Stand firm, stand firm." You know? Right. <laughs> you right. don't need that. Yeah, that's that's great. That's a really good call out. Um, all right, so so let's delve into let's delve into this topic a little bit. Uh, before I do though, if you're watching us, you'll notice on the screen behind me there's there's a lot going on. <laughs> we're we're kind of like s- developing a little bit of a, a, a pattern here now, um, getting used to the new setup and all that kind of stuff. So, anyways, you'll you'll notice there's some stuff on the back. Feel free to check it out. We've got our show website, which I know I didn't mention. Um, I haven't been really mentioning it at the beginning, but we have our show website, trdshow.net. Um, and one of the things you'll see in the back here is the referral program, trdshow.net slash refer. And that referral program allows you to get free merch, allows you to do all sorts of really cool stuff. Um, and the link is is on screen, trdshow.net slash refer. So it literally want... came up when you pointed at it. So that That's was like funny. perfect timing. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be back around. So the next time it comes up, um, yeah, you know, check that out. <laughs> it's like it's like on one of those. Uh, what do they call them? The that they spin around with the horses and the uh, oh carousel. Yeah, carousel. Yeah, it's like one of those where you're just like, okay, it'll be back around. You know. All right. Okay. So, um, so our discussion topic is standing firm. You know, we we talk all the time about being on the offensive against the world and against the enemies of Christ. We we talk about that, and there's ways to do that well and there's ways to do that that are not well uh, that that are not good we talk about how we're to take dominion right and we talk about how the kingdom of god is growing more and more every day in ways we don't expect it's not through political power or brute strength or forcing people at gunpoint it's it's none of those things those are evil those are horrible that's not at all what we do um we work in very different ways um but it's through the working of the Holy Spirit and Christians living like Christians, knowing what it means to actually live like a Christian. That's how the kingdom of God grows. It's studying these things. It's knowing these things. It's living out these things. That's why at the very beginning of our passage, it says, only let your manner of life, the way you're living, be worthy of the gospel of Christ. So it's what you do every day, day in and day out, the way you live your life, the way you interact with other people, all of that matters the way you do it matters um <clears throat> your life so, your life has to be worthy of the gospel of christ yeah right that's um yeah that's cool that's a very interesting thing to point out there uh you know because it's you know it's the mantra of all of christ for all of life yes um that every single area and you could <clears throat> think in this passage paul is talking to he's talking to the church in Phil- in philippi but um and he's saying not only in your church deeds, not only in in respect to just the church things, the church groups and stuff like that, but it's more of that. It's more of just your life in general. Um, yeah. I didn't see that at first when I was looking at that verse. So that's yeah. a very interesting thing to bring up. Yeah, that's a that's a yeah, it's a really good point. And that's that's kind of the reason that I kind of picked this topic and pulled that verse into it because we. For the last like two years, we've been really hitting hard all of these concepts, right? Of like cultural growth and work as unto the Lord and all of these different things, um, which is tremendous. But all of that doesn't work if the individual self-government isn't working right in the first place. So that's we're, part of that is what we're, we're honing in on today. But also 
let's say you've got your self-government set. <laughs> okay, if anyone understands sanctification, you know that that's kind of ridiculous and you'll start laughing. Oh, I'm set in my, I've got it all figured out. I'm good, I'm solid. <laughs> and then what happens, right? Um, but But that's what I want to talk about, standing firm, right? So you've got it set. <laughs> you've got it figured out, <laughs> right? Um, now stand firm in that. And that's the tricky part. Right? That's where things start to get a little mushy because week to week, you start to, to lose it a little bit. You start to let that pride, let that arrogance seep in, that selfishness, that uh, feeling of, oh, I've got this. We're going to, I'm good. I'm doing well. That starts to creep in. And how does that, how do you eject that? <laughs> yeah. How do you get rid of that waste, that garbage? How do you throw that yeah. down the garbage chute? You need that, you need that constant renewal. You need that constant cleaning. Um, and that's part of standing firm is constantly being on top of that, not letting that well, seep in and weaken you and your resolve to work for these sorts of things, which it will. If, if this makes any more sense, trying to explain it this way, um, there's a verse and I don't know if this is a verse or if it was just explained to me like this. Um, but God gives you little things to be in control over says, okay, you need to work on this gives you small tasks. You need to work on this. And as you prove that you can work on that task, he gives you more and more and more. And that's just the way of the, of the Christian life is that as yeah. soon as we have personal sanctification, as soon as we show that we can handle that task and we have that task down, um, not to say that you're finished with the task, but at least you can do the task week by week throughout the week um, every day and you're working on it and you're doing well. Now yeah. God can give you another task. Now you can start working on this other task and now you can work it both for them simultaneously and you continue on and on and on taking on more and more tasks. But, um, yep. so if that makes any more sense, hopefully it that's does. That's great. But. Yeah. Yeah. You really built onto that. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the result of you standing firm in one area, doing that well, God gives you more. Yeah, that's great. Right. So, you know, being able to fight this fight that we're called to fight, taking dominion, the way that Christ would have you take dominion requires you to stand firm. There's that phrase from our verse, stand firm in the middle of the fight. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. That's Philippians 1, 27 through 30. So notice this this next part of this, this wasn't our verse of the week, but it's the next part of this passage is that this, this is, you know, we're called not to be frightened in anything by our opponents. But then the next part of this is kind of crazy. It is a clear sign. You standing firm is a clear sign to them of their destruction. <laughs> that's that's kind of that's cool. Like you standing firm in the faith, living a life a manner, a life that's manner and, uh, I'm sorry, a manner of life that's worthy of the gospel of Christ will, will frighten your opponents. <laughs> they see that they have no, they have nothing they can do. If you're living that life, standing firm and actually living it, 
consistently. It leads to their own fear. They're like, oh goodness, we, we got nothing on that. So, so how do we do this? <clears throat> Stay on mission. That's one of my key points here. <clears throat> Stay on mission. It can be so easy to allow the world to have a weighty effect on you. Um, it can be so easy to allow your ten tendency to want to please people to drive you into compromising. Um, and it sneaks in in ways you don't expect it to. It can be so easy to let the stress of having to eat or pay for things like clothes drive you into temporarily forgetting your mission. But guess what? Christ thought about that. Christ knew that. He knew that you would have those tendencies. And so we find in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 33, these words from Christ. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what will we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or... What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And again, that's Matthew 6, 25 through 33. So all of those things, I mean, that's a pretty extensive list. You know, like mm -hmm. what you'll drink, what you'll, you know, what, or about your health, about your body, what you'll put on, um, clothing, uh, food. Um, all of these things, what do we drink? What do we eat? What do we wear? Christ says, put my kingdom first. Um, in Ecclesiastes, no, first Peter, I'm sorry. First Peter, it says, um, God has given us all that we need for life and godliness. Um, and this directly ties in with this, um, and taking them both together, you can kind of say that things that you need in life are be are taken care of do not be anxious for anything in life um only focus on on the kingdom uh because taking the, both of these verses together is kind of what that's saying you know uh christ in this specific instance is pointing out these specific things but again i i bring up the first yeah. peter passage to say i think it's it's not just those specific things that these are we need to take these in their general equity to say all of all of the things that are needed for life and godliness are taken care of by God. Yeah. So yeah. just focus I mean, on the kingdom. Yeah. And so that's not to say like, oh, don't care about your money. Don't care about your finances and don't, don't do that well. No, that's a task that God has given to you. And if you're faithful in the little things, he'll give you bigger things. So you should manage your finances well. It's also not to say, oh, well, I don't know what I'm going to eat tomorrow, but oh, well, or like me, uh, <laughs> funny example, but. In the uh, there's so many days where I, I have to call up Jake and be like, hey, I, I, I need to make dinner. <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's like, you should have thought about this what, in the morning. You know? do yeah. <laughs> and so, don't be like me. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, I mean, that, that's the benefits of having a, a chef just one phone call away. Just be like, hey, I, I, I need to make food. <laughs> 
anyways, obscure example, but, um, but so, so that, that's not great. That's not a good thing to do. Right. So, but, but, um, one of the things that Toby Sumter and Jake, you like to bring this up a lot, which is cool, but um, Pastor Toby Sumter brought this up at the last Fight Lab Feast Conference last year. I think it was last October. And, you know, he said, when life is going well, God brings in a dragon. <clears throat> it's when you have to face that, that this most especially applies. It applies, of course, in other instances, instances as well. But when life is going well, God brings along a dragon. I can use my life as an example. <clears throat> life was going well. And the particular dragon that God brought me was a layoff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was very easy at the beginning of that to neglect the kingdom of God. It was very easy to say, whoa, I have to focus on this. I can't, I can't do this show. I can't do this. I can't do that. Um, I can't spend time studying like I was. I can't spend, I can't, I, I just got to focus on getting a job. And I fell into that trap for a couple of days at the beginning. It was, it was tough. It was very tough. And I let those things overwhelm me more than I should have. But, but the cool thing is that God brought me through it, right? Um, a month later, there's prospects. There's, I've landed on my feet. Things are not nearly as bad as I anticipated. And that's not of my own doing. That's God bringing me through it. So there are times where, and especially today, so many times and in instances where it's very difficult to stand firm. You can let the things of your life take over and you can create, even you can create these excuses and say, well, I, I really need to do this now instead of praying, instead of reading my Bible, instead of studying these things, instead of reading books, instead of putting effort into building the kingdom of God. I, I really need to just focus on finding a job right now. I'll, I'll get back to that later. Uh, -uh. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> bad idea bad idea that 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 is not standing firm um and, and that brings me to my next segment <clears throat> standing firm what does that look like um we've been given a mission by our king we talk about this all the time the god of the universe has given us a task to accomplish for crying out loud we are told to disciple the nations often we hear this and we look outward unfortunately many tend to think that the way this is accomplished, the way we disciple the nations is political, or it's socioeconomic, or whatever, or it's something else. And we've spent, we've spent plenty of time on this show over the last almost going on two years now, dispelling those notions, right? We all know, if you've been a longtime listener of this show, you know that's not how we disciple the nations. It's not political, it's not socioeconomic, it's none of those things. It's, it's different. But I think sometimes we need to be reminded that on a lower level, we have a duty to stand firm. So there's things. You may not be the mayor of your city <clears throat> or in political positions of power or even in a great place with a great church who's actively working in your community. You may not have any of those things or you may. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. Either way, standing firm is vitally important. In both instances, wherever you are in life, that's step one. So how do we stand firm? How in our current culture, how in the world do we actually do this? <clears throat> Excuse me. Standing firm requires resolve. It requires you to be surrounded by wise counsel. Um, 
Proverbs 24, 5 through 6 says, A wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. So we're in a war. We know that. It's a mm -hmm. spiritual war. It's a culture war. Um, how do we win? How do we even begin to fight this war? We find here that to to even begin waging your war, which means to, to begin starting the fight, to even enter into it, you need wise guidance to wage your war. And then while you're in the fight, this same passage talks about, okay, here's how you get started. Wise counsel, good people around you, brothers in Christ who know what they're talking about are wiser than you and can help guide you. And then... And then when you're in the war, what does it say? In abundance of counselors, there is victory. So this is how you get into the fight. And, and then this is how you win. And it's the same thing, right? You wage your war with wise guidance. And in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. So the more counselors you have, the more wise people, wiser than you, or maybe people who are willing to hold your feet to the fire and say, hey, dude, you're wrong. Okay, I'm going to say this nicely, but bluntly as well. You're wrong. <laughs> Here's why. Let me help you. Let me stand side by side and help you stand firm in the faith, the way that we're called to. If you don't have those that brotherhood, if you don't have those people around you, A, you can't begin to wage your war. And B, you're not going to have victory. Those, those are the stakes here. <laughs> These are pretty high stakes. Um, standing firm requires you to be continually steeped in the living word of God. Psalm 119, 97 through 98 says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. So the next time someone says, Oh, the Bible just says, as a Christian, you just live a nice, peaceful life. You just get along with everyone. You don't make waves. Don't step on any toes. All of these passages, the last passage talking about wise counsel. What was the wise counsel for? Waging war. What is, what is the, the commandment here for? The commandment, the law of God? It's to make us wiser than our what? First. Enemies. First. It's just... It's just a war against your heart. It's just a war against your heart. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's the, this language comes up so much. We we yes. are in a battle. This is yes. this is a fight. Um, now it may not look the way that we typically would see wars fought. Yep, but it doesn't mean that this is, isn't militaristic. This is very militaristic. <clears throat> Why else would God use militaristic language? There's a yep. reason. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, well, just to recap, because I have one more, one more step, one more thing I want to pull out. So it requires you, you know, standing for firm requires resolve, requires people to be around you, requires you to be surrounded by wise counsel who will hold you to the word of God. But then it also requires you to be continually steeped in the living word of God. And finally, right now, especially, Christian men especially, need reminders to stand firm in the middle of an entire society 
that's working to attack what God made them to be. So this society hates men. Just does. That's that's a fact. I mean, if you disagree with that, um, you're, you're living under a rock. You're not paying attention. <laughs> this society hates men. And why? Because men get the job done. Men stand up. Men lead. Men are strong. And they're meant to do those things under grace. They're meant to be meek, right? It's power under control. I, I think not. the interesting thing, and I, I don't want to not to take away from your point, Bruce, but um, to add on to this is what um, Michael Foster was saying in It's Good to Be a Man is that it's not just a war against men. You, you, see, you see the, the left and, and, the, and the spirit of this age attacking men, but you also see them attacking women by saying, telling women, you need to go out there and act like men. You're, you're attacking women. Right. They are attacking women and men because yep. they hate God's perfect design. Yeah. So, it, but yes, uh, still true what, what, you're, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, it's an important, the hardest thing you can do right now is to follow this next piece of advice from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. That's one of the hardest things you can do in this society right now. Because they want desperately, more than anything else, to keep you from doing that. They want desperately, more than anything else, to keep you from raising a family. From being a father, from leading your family, from being in your church, building a community, they want to keep you from all of that because that is warfare. That goes against everything they stand for and everything they want to accomplish because they want chaos. They want anarchy. They want blood in the streets. And when you say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to raise a family. I'm going to live a normal Christian, biblical life. They have no recourse but to attack you vehemently. And when they do, you have to stand firm. When they do, you better be surrounded by wise counsel so that you can wage your war and have victory. And you better know your Bible. <laughs> so finally, <clears throat> Christian community. My last point. All of this, all of these things we just talked about today is why finding like-minded Christian brothers in the faith is so vital. <clears throat> Excuse me. I talked about this analogy a little bit on the Monday episode, but I'll bring it up again. It's been a whole week after all. Um, Doug Wilson uses an analogy to illustrate the world's attack on God's design for families and societies. He says that the world wants each individual to be like an individual BB, these little individual plastic BBs, right? And um, the society that our opponents are fighting for right now looks like a beanbag chair. <laughs> um, and it's a beanbag chair made up of all these little BBs in a little pouch. It's malleable, it's pliable, and it bends easily to tyrannical rule. It's squishy. Just whoever exerts some force on the outside of it, which right now is the civil government, it just bends to it. 
It's got it's got no substance. It just oh, just everything just moves around. There's no rigidity, nothing holding it together. It's just poink. It's plush. That can't be us. Biblically, that's not Christians. That's not Christianity. The Bible calls us to stand together with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. That's our Philippians text, right? When we do that, we are like a cluster of molecules, family units, one block. That's a block of individual molecules attached together. Then they join a church and those other groups, excuse me, those other molecules, molecular structures join together in a church. Now it's even bigger. Now it's an even more solid structure. And then those churches join with other churches until finally you have this rigid, solid foundation. That is the foundation of society. (laughs) When you break up those molecules, when you break up those structures, what happens to society? Squishy beanball chair. (laughs) Squishy beanbag chair. That's, that's, That's what you get. That's what they want. They can control squishy beanbag chair, right? Squishy beanbag chair gets them everything they want. Power, money, and wealth for them, not for you. The Bible calls us not to be squishy beanbag chair people. It requires us and calls us to be the other thing, to build structures, molecular structures, to make the foundation for society that will last. All right. And with that, we're at time. Jake, is there anything you'd like to say? Any final thoughts just to wrap up? And like, like our culture, and this speaks to the fact of um, that our fight is not of this world. It does not come out of this world. It is not uh, the way this, this world would fight. Uh, and to continue on with the analogy, as the government pushes the beanbag chair, right? Christians think that their that their fight is to push against the the government and push them out, right? To keep them from pushing against them on the beanbag chair, right? Instead of trying to find the zipper to get out of there, <laughs> um, yeah, to get out of that beanbag chair and to start clumping together or connecting better with their family, right? Connecting better with the other molecules and and atoms to make molecules, yeah. Yep. And that's standing firm. That's shoring up those relationships. That's creating molecules out of separate atoms, connecting people in the faith. Yeah, And that's kind of the summarization of what we're talking about today. Nice. Thanks, Jake. That was great. <laughs> and we're back. That was good. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for watching or listening to us today. Don't forget, our show website is trdshow.net. Send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on today's episode? Did you enjoy it? Uh, was it helpful? Did it did it hurt a little bit inside? I know it hurt me a little <laughs> bit inside re- putting it together. I was like, man, I, I need to shore up some of these things. So good reminders. Um, and uh a lot of this I, I drew from a series of sermons on uh, Canon Plus. Um, uh, Doug Wilson and, and Toby Sumter put all their sermons from their respective churches on Canon Plus app. And I've just been going through a ton of those and just super helpful, beneficial. And I pulled in a lot of elements from, from some of those. So check out some of those if you don't have a Canon Plus app already. 
you're missing out on some great stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much again for watching or listening to us today. Don't forget, have a wonderful weekend. Have a fantastic Lord's Day. And we will see you on Monday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm.